Welcome to The Rural Rockstar, a podcast dedicated to empowering rural women with the tools and inspiration to transform their lives and businesses from the inside out. I share my journey of Survive to Thrive in life and business, and I show what it takes to be an entrepreneur. I also interview other rockstar women from around the world to inspire you to do it too. My mission is to empower the next generation of rural changemakers to show up and be the leaders we need. I'm Katrina, your rockstar host. Let's rock. Hello and welcome back to the Rural Rockstar. I'm your host, Katrina Myers, and today I'm joined by Jackie Elliott. Hello, Jackie. Hey, going? Very well, thank you. And it's so lovely to have you here. Uh, you know, as always, I had sort of an idea about people that I wanted to interview from the very get-go when I created this podcast, and you were absolutely one of them. So thank you for being with me today. Jackie is the founder of the Rural Women's Day, Rural Women's Day, um, which we will hear all about today. She's got a quite a large following on social media now and a big advocate for, I guess, rural Australia and women in rural Australia and connecting people, bringing people together and inspiring women and all the things that I love as well. So I knew that Jackie and I would have lots to chat about. Um, and yeah, I just, today we're going to chat about all the things that Jackie's done. And I always love to start Jackie with getting you to tell us about how you got to be where you are now. So how did you end up in rural Australia? Are you from rural Australia? And where are you now, basically? And you can choose where you want to start on that journey. I know that some people are like, well, where do I start? But if you can tell us how you ended up where you are now, that'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. And look, thank you so much for the opportunity to share a bit about what I do in Rural Women's Day on your podcast. I've loved listening to the previous ladies. Um, So congratulations, Katrina. It's a fantastic initiative. Look, and that's the thing, where do I start? Rural Women's Day really started three years ago and um, and me as a rural woman, so I've always lived in rural Australia. I grew up in central Victoria on a property there and so we, us uh, kids were fifth generation on that family farm. And when I was 16, um, I got the opportunity to be able to move to Queensland and um, go to boarding school. So I went to Ag College in central Queensland. So after finishing um, Ag College, in that time, my parents had also relocated from our family farm and they brought a property in southwest Victoria. Mm. So it was a big change, um, yeah, like leaving a family farm that you'd been, like that was all you knew, and then, um, yeah, heading to Queensland. And then when I graduated, I was only 18 <laughs> and I decided um, that I would move back to southwest Victoria and moved back in with mum and dad and, um, yeah, basically started work locally in southwest Victoria and was working in animal health and general merchandise. And that really kick-started my career working in ag and getting to experience, um, like, the retail merchandise side of things um, that was I've been working in sort of the ag industry, uh, that sort of role for the last 10 years. And, yeah, so... For the last 10 years, what I've been doing is um, working full-time with with other companies and then um, always had an interest, though, in doing different projects um, and applying for, um, you know, different scholarships to try and really broaden my experience and, um, you know, 
saying yes to opportunities basically so I went overseas for three months on a beef industry scholarship so I got to travel North America and that was a huge uh, thing personally um, to you know travel on your own I stayed with about 40 host families over the three months and it you had to really learn to step out of that comfort zone and go hey like I need somewhere to stay. Would you have me for a night? Or, um, you know, asking people like, where are you traveling to next? Can I jump in the car with you and, um, you know, get a ride to the next town? And so it was um, a huge change and, yeah, like a really big learning experience um, for me personally. And also the connections made and just um, having a bit more confidence in in yourself and um and le- like meeting new people that's that was um like a really great thing and really benefit what I was doing for work as well so in 2018 I um had had a real like really big year and um after really a lot with uh, mental health so I quite struggled a bit to um just moving to a new community and um, trying to meet new people. And so um, I'd gone through for probably four or five years, I'd struggled a fair bit. But come to 2017, 2018, I was able to join the National Centre for Pharma Health and share my story about um, my own personal mental health and, um, and anxiety that I'd had and living with the black dog and that... Re- putting that out there I don't know if I was ready to perhaps share it on such a public platform but I took the leap and I did that and it's um I was at the end of yeah my I don't think um mental health or it never ends like it's you know you've got to keep managing it but um yeah like sharing my story and then realising that there was other so many other people out there that reached out to me to say, thank you for sharing your story, like you've given me more confidence to step up and ask for help. It, that was a huge, like really big impact for me. And so it just, it really showed that like it was the right thing to do it at the right time and it helped put like, yeah, helped me and how I was feeling. So um, after that, you know, that again um, gave me more confidence to really step up and have a go and I realised that we needed a platform in southwest Victoria particularly um, for women to come together and really connect and I know that's what I was missing like I didn't know a lot of people um, even now living here 10 years I, I know a lot of people but we don't probably get together as as regularly as we should um, yeah so joining the Dunkeldon District Country Women's Association and I proposed to them to run a Rural Women's Day event and, yeah, it was about 12 months to plan and put everything together and what we were expecting was quite small, like it was, you know, 40 to 60 attendees, but uh, we ended up having a sellout event with 170-plus women in attendance. So, and Rural Women's Day has just grown since then and um, through social media and, yeah, different projects that we've completed. Oh. So amazing. And it was, yeah, thank you so much for sharing that story with us here too, Jackie. And I relate to a lot of what you said about you didn't feel like you were ready to share your vulnerable story around your own mental health. And I 
had exactly the same experience when I shared my story of losing dad and then my own struggles. And I don't think you're ever really ready. Like you'll never be ready to share that and you'll never be ready for what happens after that. So I completely agree. But again, like that, it is so comforting for other people and so reassuring and so helpful for other people to hear your story. Um, And just, and I think that's what's so important. And, you know, sometimes we can question, oh gosh, why am I doing this or why am I sharing it? But it's that feedback that you get from other people to, to, because, you know, humans, we just want connection. We want to know that we're not alone and we're not the only ones that experience this. And so, yeah, so brave of you, but so wonderful that you were able to share your story at that time. And and look what it's led to, I guess, in a lot of ways, how fabulous that you're able to go on and, and kind of see the need then to create this incredible event for rural women. So, well done. I mean, fantastic, really. And I agree also that we don't, it's funny these days, we socialise so much on one hand, like through social media, but on the other aspect in real life, we don't socialise anywhere near as much as what we, we did in times gone by. When you think about, you know, they used to have all these balls, the women would have balls once a week and they would catch up and they'd play cards. They're a lot more social in person in a lot of ways than what we are now. So so that was 2000, it must have been 2019 that you had the very first Rural Women's Day event. And then, of course, COVID hit last year. So, you know, watching you, I would, you know, pivot was the word of 2021, wasn't it? Along with a couple of others, but that was certainly one word. But watching you react to that was quite amazing last year. So tell us what you did in the face of COVID with the Rural Women's Day. Yeah, well, like if we wind back a little bit, once we finished that first event, I was like, I don't know if I can do this again. Like, this is huge. (laughs) (laughs) But then, on the other hand, I was like, well, this is fantastic and this needs to happen every year. So, um, but then I think that it was that motivation to go, right, we need to have this every year and um, the women obviously need it in our area and there must be other women out there that need it because through that social media, I was getting messages left, right and centre saying, hey, when are you bringing this Rural Women's Day to our community? Um, and I, look, even now I'm still very new to um, incorporations and running, you know, the Rural Women's Day banner and the community groups have been auspice under that. Um, and so it's a very much work in progress and, and doing it all myself with, a lot of support from my mum. So shout out to you, mum, because I'm no doubt you'll listen. Um, look, I love it. I'm on the phone to mum nearly all, every day to say, look, what are we doing with this or how do we go about this? And, um, yeah, she's a fantastic support. And there's yeah. lots of other women that I can also reach out to to, um, you know, run things by. And it's de- it's a needed when you are running something that you're unsure about and try- trying to find other people that are experienced or been there and done that before um, before you. So, yeah, with Rural Women's Day in 2020, so last year, uh, everything was planned and teed up to run again in Dunkeld. Um, and basically we got to March, April after a couple of lockdowns and I realistically was just like it's not going to happen it's not going to happen on the scale that it should happen. Um, And so I started looking at other options and there was options to go online with an event, but Rural Women's Day is really about connection and that face-to-face in-person connection. So 
something we really lose when we're online is um, having that like that interaction with someone um, when you can sit next to them at a table at an event and meet someone new because you don't get that online. And and so we could have absolutely gone the online way, but there was already so much happening online. It was probably going to get a bit lost. um, And I technically wouldn't know how to even start to manage something online of that size. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, we looked, yeah, looking and talking to other people and trying to work out other options. And in June, um, so May, June, I connected with Georgie Morrison, so another local young lady in Hamilton. And Georgie was working as a journalist at the time and sort of gave her a call and said, look, what are your thoughts on, you know, how we can share stories on Rural Women's Day and whether that's people sending in a video of themselves and then putting together like a short movie or there was ideas thrown around everywhere. Then it comes to doing more on social media to uh, putting together like a newsletter and it all turned out to be within a few weeks that we're going to be doing a full-blown publication print magazine. (laughs) 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 It was huge. I still actually can't believe that we were able to, like, put a magazine together. Neither of neither of us had ever done a print publication of that size before. Um, we looked at other magazines to find out, you know, how where do we even go for printing or, you know, when you're talking about paperweight and the finish, like, no one knows what this is. You just buy a magazine usually <laughs> and go, yep, this is fantastic. So... It was really starting from scratch and Rural Women's Day at the time after the first event, we didn't have a lot of funds available. So um, it, it come down to we either had to sell advertising or um, or apply for grants and in the end we were able to, yes, yeah, sell advertising and um, we had some beautiful businesses come on to uh, like support Rural Women's Day and get that founding um support that we needed to cover our print costs because you don't know how many people are going to buy this magazine it may not even be brought um it's like a huge cost of outlay for printing if you don't think you're ever like if you don't know if you're going to sell any copies so our initial thought was um let's get the stories together see what we can come up with Um, we'll do our best to design the magazine and um, hopefully not have any uh, other expenses. And, yeah, so in the end I put my hand up. I was like, well, I'll design the magazine on Canva. I'm no graphic designer. Um, But, you know, it's I think Rural Women's Day 2 is all about, like, just having a go. Like if you're, you know, passionate about something, work it out, look at YouTube, Google something, ask other people um yet like teach yourself like if in and you don't need a lot of money to do a project like that so at the end of the day Rural Women's Day started with zero dollars in the bank account and um we've come out the other end to be able to support our event again this year and also um donate money towards the Young New South Wales event that's happening this year as well so it's it's been huge like to be able to go from zero to go hey we can actually now run these events and not feel like <laughs> and not feel like we have to apply for you know or not be stretched for money like and um yeah so 
the stories come together and we had a bit of a plan, but probably not a plan that you would have if you were doing it. Like next time I'd probably like to be a bit more organised. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, yeah, we in we were looking at doing like 250 magazines um, available and when we put it out for pre-order in October, we sold 250 magazines in 24 hours um, and so I rang, rang a printer and said, yeah, we might have to up that order. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and we, like just had the best um, dealings with Sovereign Press in, in Ballarat. They were fantastic and really supported our project. Um, and in the end, yeah, so we shared about 20 rural women's story, including you, Katrina. And, <laughs> yes. and um, yeah, so we distributed 700 magazines across Australia and New Zealand. Amazing. Isn't that amazing? I didn't I didn't end up catching the total, but that's incredible that you sold that many in the end, isn't it? So cool. And it was all promoted through social media and the support that that uh, well and Instagram, really, that rural women's day instagram community was where we promoted that magazine um and yeah like so our expectations were probably a bit low for what we ended up with in the end but i i think at the same time though when you put something out there you've got to be realistic and um and yeah keeping that expectation to 250 like that's what we can afford to print Mm -hmm. so that's how many we should be at like we'll try and sell um, yeah, and to just, I think with the messages received and people were still looking for magazines well into the, the new year, so this year, you know, that we could have sold a lot more. But at the end of the day, it was a one-off project to celebrate Rural Women's Day. And, um, and like, I, I packaged them all, labelled all the envelopes um, and sent them, like, it's a huge job, like, for... Um, like myself and or just a small team working on that and we yeah it was just it was huge and even now just I don't know how we pulled it off in that time Um, but it just and to be able to share those stories and I think the biggest impact was having um, women who you know usually like that could be isolated or remote and especially from last year so not only were rural and regional women isolated to a, a point we and then on top of that um your distance already so we've had an ex, we've got you know life experience in being um remote or isolated from others and so to be able to have a magazine and you know a beautiful magazine sharing different stories from across australia and, and new zealand was a real keepsake um yeah to be included in that project Oh, it's just amazing, like just such a beautiful project. And and I think what you said about that, uh, you know, you, you probably next time if you did it again, you'd be more organised and you'd be more planned. But sometimes the best things happen when you just take the plunge and you just do it. And, I mean, if you'd known really how much work it was going to be, you might not have done it. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you just got to take the risk and, like, that's when the gold happens because you don't overthink it and you just do it and you, and then you make it work. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really beautiful. So I wanted to pick up on Jackie. There's like there seems like a real thread through your sort of story of sort of almost having the confidence to take risks and step out of your comfort zone and do things like that. But then, you know, you, you shared that you went through this period of quite a dark period when you moved to the new 
new town and a new community. And, and you said, was that about five years? You said that you didn't, you weren't feeling great? Probably from the age of 18 to, or, you know, 18, 19 to about 25, I think would be. Yeah. So it was a really difficult time. Like I really struggled um, personally, you know, and I'm so lucky to have such a supportive family um, and there's been businesses that I've worked in that haven't helped the situation when um, when you're not right, um, you know, with your mental health. But then I've also had businesses that I've worked for that have been absolutely fabulous. So, like, I've, I think that finding, I recently did an article for Grazia um, and talked about in that about, um, like yes, it's it's good to say yes to opportunities, but you sh- if something's not right or it's not they're not treating you properly or you know your mental health, like you need to put yourself first and you need to say no. Like it's um, and, yeah, so like it's all and stepping outside your comfort zone. Like I probably always have um, tried to step outside of my comfort zone. But internally, though, like I was, I was really struggling for that time, and um, and I just, yeah, it was just really this. I guess it's a black cloud, you know, over you, and it's hard to get out, get out of it. And well, um, that's what I, I wanted to ask you about was how did you manage to get out of it, and has that actually led you to having more strength to now? You know, it seems like now you've got the confidence to step out of your comfort zone more. So, how did you manage to get out of it? And then, do you think that's actually sort of helped you in terms of taking more, being more confident now from being through that experience? Yeah. So, yeah. Look at it. Start at the start. I knew something wasn't right. Like I wasn't feeling myself, and like I was, like, couldn't make a decision about what I was doing. It was really hard. Like I was kind of being like no, I'm fine, no, I'm not fine, or <laughs> I need help, no, I don't. And so it was a battle against myself. And mm-hmm. um, it was like one Saturday morning I said to mum, I'm like, I'm not right, mum, we need to go and see a doctor. And so we, we did. We made an appointment, like a Saturday morning appointment and went in and the doctor in there was absolutely useless, unfortunately. <laughs> you hear that all, <laughs> unfortunately, doctors. Look, all, I, all he could say was... Uh, you know, you'll be right. You're just growing up. Just learn to be an adult, you know, get oh. over it basically. Oh, and no. I was like, well, this isn't right. Um, so I went away from that. And then from that, it, that really shattered. Like I was like, no, I've just got to get over it. Mm-hmm. Like it, it sort of turned me away. It didn't make things worse, but I was just like, I just have to get over it. Um, so about 12 months later, I was in a really difficult um, work, uh, like, work environment and again I made a doctor's appointment and I was bottling everything up for this doctor's appointment and I got in there um, and all I wanted to do was seeing the doctor and I hadn't seen them before and I remember the receptionist going but how are you going to pay for this and that was not even on my mind like and and I said no I just want to see the doctor like I'd probably like it to be bulk billed like that's She's like, no, you need to tell us how you're going to pay. And I ended up, I had like a panic attack and I actually walked out of the receptionist, got in the car um, and I dropped, called back into work. I said, I need to go home, like I'm not well. And I ended up driving nearly two hours in the opposite direction and on the way made a phone call to 
a local doctor closer to my parents' place because, yeah, I was a bit further away. Um, and they got me in that afternoon and it was, I walked in there and she's like, all right, tell me what's wrong. You know, it's pretty much like what what's going on. And, and I just dropped it all out and she's like well we're probably going to need a longer appointment for this but we're on the right track and I can see what's wrong um like you know I can see that there's an issue here that we need to manage she's like let's make another appointment for in a couple of days um and come back in and we'll we'll start the the process so I was able to get the psychology like 10 appointments um which was huge for me and we, I started out the appointments with a, a brilliant psychologist, like, and I, I laid down some um, rules, I guess, when we we're looking for a psychologist. I, I knew who I want, like, because I probably had a couple of other appointments of, with others that I didn't enjoy. So mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to see a female, um, and like, I had some requirements of what I wanted, um, and they delivered. It was the best, mm-hmm. like. Um, best finding and look I had to travel an hour and a half or nearly two hours for those appointments um, just the one way and I like without that step it would have yeah without that support and she just we went through different like we learned uh, like really taught me different capa- like um, ways that like to be able to stop um worrying about one thing and like Mm. look at the bigger picture and then um and about breathing techniques like there was lots it's really hard to describe it you've got to really find what suits you Um, and then I find it harder than say what suits me like I know what suits me but it's hard to talk about what um what those are and and so but yeah like it was one eye-opening thing was about writing all the things that I was worrying about on a piece of paper and holding that up in front of my face and and then she's like what do you see and I said well that's all I see is this piece of paper with all these things and she's like right now take that piece of paper away and she goes what do you see now and she's like it's clearer and she said yeah those problems are still there but you don't need to be covered in them like they don't need to be the only thing you focus on there's so much more happening and so then about eliminating the things that you don't have control over um, and or what you can change. And so, like, yeah, starting really small and um, and working your way up. And we got to the 10th free appointment and on my way to the appointment, I was thinking, do I really need this appointment? And mm. we got there and that's when we decided that, no, like I'd come to the end of my um, journey with her and, um, and we... Like I was confident to step away and then and be out, but also confident to go step away. And if something wasn't right, to be able to feel confident, put my hand up and go, I need some help again. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, so it went on for a couple of years and um, and sort of cruised along um, and you know kept definitely kept in touch with my GP and have always um, had a regular appointment with her. And then, yeah, it was only a few, it was probably around that time after the first Rural Women's Day that I had to go back and make some psychology appointments again. I just, I'd worked so hard on it and um, and then I was unsure. It probably gave me, um, it really encouraged me to look at, like, what I was doing and whether I was happy and what I was, like, and that was from, 
um, hearing the inspiring stories of all the women there and then also finding out, um, like, meeting other local women and going, like, is what I'm doing really what I want to do in work? Or So I was feeling a bit lost and, yeah, so I started, saw another psychologist and we had a couple of appointments and, um, and yeah, like, we obviously finished that up over a year ago and but it's I think it's just knowing when you need help um and and not being afraid of putting your hand up and before all like any of this happened it was that hesitation on like um what are people going to think of me and what um yeah like what will my family think of me or I don't want to be labelled with something. It's not who I am. It's what I'm, it's, it is a part of me, but that's not what, who I like, what defines me basically. Oh, so, so true. And, and I agree with you. It's, and isn't it great now that you've, because you've sort of, I don't know, cracked that, you've pushed through that boundary and now you've, you've seen a psychologist and you took steps to do that. Now you know that you can do that. And now you've got probably a toolkit of things that you can use if you feel like you're starting to, you know, head in a direction that doesn't feel right and you know that you can just go back to the psychologist like that and once you've been, you've pushed through that, it's it's easy to do it again now but it's that first time there's that, all that stuff there. And it's also, I don't know, I think there's a bit of doubt to like, well, do I really need help? Like it's, you don't really know. Like it's like for women when they first have a baby and stuff too and you like, and you're not, you're not sure if you've got postnatal depression because it's like, well, I mean, having a baby is just hard, right? So am I actually depressed or is this how it's meant to be? Like, so sometimes there's a bit of that too and the, and there's the shame and the guilt and so many things that we still experience around mental health struggles. But that's why it's so important that we share stories like yours because it just normalises it. And, you know, like my big advice always is just let's just drop the stigma about seeing a psychologist or getting help. Like get help. It's like, you know, we, we cannot do this stuff by ourselves and we always need support, especially if we're not feeling great. I mean, you know, I mean, I, th- I think going to see the doctor or the psychologist should just be like going to see the physio and having a checkup anyway. I mean, we all need a check-in, don't we? So, Absolutely. I- and that's the thing. I, 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 was also, I also thought like, oh, you know, I've got a great family supporting me. Mm. You know, I had a wonderful childhood. I've done my education. Like I'm happy. I've got a great job. Like, but I'm still not right. Like, and I was like, like maybe this is just how it is. And then, but yeah, it was having, you know, and I and I thought I always shouldn't be complaining about how I was feeling because of how fortunate I had been, um, and how grateful I am with everything that I've had, like the opportunities and stuff. But yeah, sometimes I don't know. It's just your mind, and it's not something that um, you can control. Basically, um, you can manage it, but you can't control it. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And I think that's the thing that a lot of people get into too is that guilty feeling of like, well, I. Yeah, I've got everything. But, you know, what we know is that happiness comes from the inside. It's not actually to do with anything on the outside. It's about how you feel on the inside and and managing your mind and your thoughts and all that sort of thing. And, yeah, I mean, that's why we see, you know, celebrities who seemingly have it all take their lives. You know, it's it's nothing to do with what you've got on the outside, really. Money doesn't buy you happiness. Things don't buy you happiness, you know. And, yeah, you can have the loveliest, most supporting family in the world. But if you don't feel good about yourself and your thoughts are getting the better of you, then yeah, that's the struggle, isn't it? So thank you for sharing that, Jackie, because I think that's so, so important is that it doesn't matter necessarily what's going on on the outside and and we can't see on the inside sometimes what's really happening. So, yeah, so thank you for sharing that with us so much. That's such a great, well, not a great experience. It's very 
good of you to share that experience because it'll be so relatable for so many people. So flowing on from that, you sort of you got got your mental health better and you got your mindset right and you got into a much better place. And then so th- do you think that's now led you to be, I don't know, is it taught you how to be more comfortable with taking risks or to push yourself out of your comfort zone? Like ha- do you think it's given you more strength in some ways? I think yes and no. Like um, I guess now though, you know, I've probably learned like you've really got nothing to lose by mm. stepping outside of your comfort zone or, um, you know, about just like with that first event, it was, you know, I procrastinated over it for so long and I wish I had started it sooner. So now when I think of, oh, this is a great plan, I don't think, oh, I'll do that in six months. I'm like, no, let's just get on with it, you know, start now. If there's something you're really passionate about, like, you know, take that risk. Um, and I, I do believe like a lot of um, the Rural Women's Day stuff, you know, uh, at the time when we started, you know, starting with no money to back it up. And I was in a great position where I was able to like self-fund it to get it going. And now it's in a position where it is paying, well, majority paying for its own, you know, its own expenses. And so like, yeah, it does like there are things that do evolve around um, money when trying to get Mm. something started and, and a lot of time. And so, um, but yeah, Rural Women's Day, I get so much out of the community um, now through that social media and planning events. Uh, look, I've never planned an event before and it's something I I'd really enjoy. Like I enjoy that creative side of things and um, it just, it gives me so much and that's why I think I put so much time into it. Um, yeah, and and like I love hearing people's feedback and and people that have connected with someone else on the other side of the state or their neighbour because they saw them on Rural Women's Day and, um, like, seeing other women link up and and really excited about, like, International Day of Rural Women. I had a great chat with a lady who rang me uh, this morning to, and I had never heard of her before, and she rang and she's like, I want to talk to you about Rural Women's Day. We're really keen on doing a breakfast event. And I was like, yep, righty go. How can, you know, how can we help? So, um, Rural Women's Day is growing and um, and it's it's huge and we've got, yeah, like lots of things in the pipeline and um, joining up with Kirsten Diprose to do a podcast, which will be Yay. a little bit of Rural Women's Day and we're also calling it Ducks on the Pond. Um, and it's so it's very much Kirsten Diprose's baby and it's something which she's really passionate about and I thought why not? support this other rural woman who's not that far away um, as a crow flies and, um, yeah, support her and have Rural Women's Day um, side of things to support her project and get that off the ground. Oh, that is super exciting. I can't wait for that one. So <laughs> so, so you're going to be co-hosting that with her, is that right? Yeah, co-hosting. It's very new for me doing the whole interviewing side of things. Uh, not, I mean, I don't enjoy public speaking. One-on-one's all right. Yes. Um, but, and I think, you know, I saw that podcast, I'd never thought of doing a podcast when I didn't have the the means of uh, putting a podcast together and also the, the public speaking and that interviewing side of things. But, um, you know, Kirsten's really encouraged me and I think it's given me another confidence to um, go, you know, I can do this. I just have to put that fear aside and 
you know, I'm really keen to get up and um, share a bit more at Rural Women's Day, whereas the first one I did, I um, sort of handed the mic over and had an MC. And, you know, I'd like to think that um, in another, you know, five, six months, I'll have even more confidence to be able to get up and share a bit about my story and talk to the audience. And it's, yeah, it it's, comes with time and um and patience, like, yeah, stepping outside of your comfort zone and um, and knowing when you should just take that leap of faith, really. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and practice and building up the trust. And obviously that's what you're saying there, like you've done it and now you know it, it works and you can do it and then you go and so next time you go, oh, okay, well, I've done this before it worked and when I took the leap, it paid off. And so it's yeah. building up that trust and confidence in yourself to do it, isn't it? Absolutely. And so in terms of uh, when I was looking you up and doing a little bit of research for the podcast, Jackie. I see that you were nominated for the AgriFutures sort of, I think it was the Rural Women's Award for the Rural Women's Day. And I'm not sure where the plans are up to with this, but I see that you're going to support other people to help them like create their events and stuff as well. Is that still something that you're doing, like supporting yeah. other places or? Yep. So it's definitely um, something that I'm hoping Rural Women's Day grows to. So at, at this point, so we're becoming incorporated um, and have we'll have a little committee that runs incorporation that will give us the ability to apply for more grants. And uh, we've got an event that's in its second year um, in young New South Wales. So um, that will be, that's being run under the banner of Rural Women's Day. And oh. that's happening on the 15th of October. Um, and then like this, this morning, the conversation I have with the lady um, about a breakfast that will be happening in, I believe, the Wimmera of Victoria. So um, something that they would like to do under the Rural Women's Day banner. Um, and I've also been in touch with a, uh, another woman who was really supportive of our magazine and they're in South Australia and I know they're looking at having an event um, over in, yeah, South Australia. So it's it's Rural Women's Day I would love to see it as the umbrella where people can go, hey, I want to be a part of um, Rural Women's Day and it can be a small event or, you know, and I always call them events because, hey, like having your girlfriends around for coffee and morning tea is definitely an event that we can all attend. <laughs> um, so, you know, like you, Katrina, if you were like, I want to do a Rural Women's Day, um, you know, it might be just you call on your neighbours and you have your girlfriends around and you enjoy a catch-up breakfast or at lunchtime when the kids are gone to school um, or it might be something bigger that you put on in your local community or at the local, like at the town hall or it might be something even bigger again that you, um, you know, you go to a venue and you, and you promote your event to the, the wider region. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think... I just want to really encourage people that whatever you can do for International Day of Rural Women, you should do. And, um, you know, always ask your neighbour or, um, you know, your friends from town and, you know, celebrate the women that we have in regional and rural Australia because it's it's so important. And, um, yeah, I'd love to see that Rural Women's Day, um, everyone should be able to have the opportunity to attend a Rural Women's Day event in Australia. Oh, I love that. I love that that's your dream. And I actually think there's something really special in just, you know, I've organised a fair few events and there's something really special in the organising too and that coming together and planning it and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it can be a lot of work, but it's actually really another nice connection piece is the organising of it too and coming together to do that. So that, that even that in itself is lovely. So if people wanted to organise an event, they should get in touch with you. 
at Rural Women's Day and um, follow you on Instagram and all those sorts of things. And, um, and yeah, we will absolutely look forward to the podcast coming out. That is so exciting. I can't wait for that and to hear more about that. So when, when do you think that will be launching? Yeah, this weekend. And um, that will be putting more plans out there and we might have some release dates. So uh, the Rural Women's Podcast is also on Instagram. So you can find it under Ducks on the Pond or at Rural Women's Day Podcast. Um, it's sitting there with nothing on it at the moment. But, yeah, we'd, we'd like to start sharing a few things. And, look, we both work full-time um, and so it's, you know, it's a side project. So it's, um, yeah, just as... As time um, is available for it, that's what we're that's what we're working towards. But we'd love to have something um, out sort of um, mid to late June. Oh, fantastic, Jackie! I'm so excited, and I hope that you keep creating new things and doing new things because everything that you do is fabulous and it's lovely. And um, thank you so much for being with me today and for sharing your story. And we will look forward to many more wonderful things to come from you, Jackie Elliott. And yeah, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Jack much. Thank you, Katrina. See ya.